Section 11 of The Blue Poetry Book, edited by Andrew Lang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Haunted Palace In the greenest of our valleys by good angels tenanted, once a fair and stately palace, radiant palace, reared its head. In the monarch thought's dominion it stood there, never seraph spread a pinion over fabric half so fair. Banners, yellow, glorious, golden, on its roof did float and flow. This, all this, was in the olden time, long ago. And every gentle air that dallied in that sweet day, along the ramparts, plumed and pallid, a winged odor went away. Wanderers in that happy valley through two luminous windows saw spirits moving musically to a lute's well-tuned law round about a throne where sitting poor Phyrogene in state his glory well befitting the ruler of the realm was seen and all with pearl and ruby glowing was the fair palace door through which came flowing, 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 and sparkling evermore, a troop of echoes whose sweet duty was but to sing, in voices of surpassing beauty, the wit and wisdom of their king. But evil things in robes of sorrow assailed the monarch's high estate, Ah, let us mourn, for never morrow shall dawn upon him desolate. And round about his home the glory that blushed and bloomed is but a dim-remembered story of the old time entombed. And travellers now within that valley through the red-litten windows see vast forms that move fantastically to a discordant melody while like a ghastly rapid river through the pale door, a hideous throng rush out forever and laugh but smile no more. By Edgar Allan Poe The Bard, Pindaric Ode Ruin seize thee, ruthless king, confusion on thy banners wait, Though fanned by conquest's crimson wing, they mock the air with idle state. Helm, nor hauberk's twisted mail, nor e'en thy virtues, tyrant, shall avail to save thy secret soul from nightly fears, from Cambria's curse, from Cambria's tears. Such were the sounds that o'er the crested pride of the first Edward scattered wild dismay, as down the steep of Snowdon's shaggy side he wound with toilsome march his long array. Stout Gloucester stood aghast in speechless trance. To arms, cried Mortimer, and couched his quivering lance. On a rock whose haughty brow frowns o'er old Conway's foaming flood, robed in the sable garb of woe, with haggard eyes the poet stood, Loose his beard and hoary hair streamed like a meteor to the troubled air, and with a master's hand and prophet's fire struck the deep sorrows of his lyre. Hark, 
how each giant oak and desert cave sighs to the torrent's awful voice beneath. O'er thee, O king, their hundred arms they wave. Revenge on thee in hoarser murmurs breathe. Vocal no more since Cambria's fatal day to high-born Hole's harp or soft Llewellyn's lay. Cold is Cadwallow's tongue that hushed the stormy main. Brave Urien sleeps upon his craggy bed. Mountains, ye mourn in vain, Modred, whose magic song made huge Plinlimon bow his cloud-topped head. On dreary Arvon's shore they lie, smeared with gore and ghastly pale. Far, far aloof the affrighted ravens sail, the famished eagle screams and passes by. Dear lost companions of my tuneful art, dear as the light that visits these sad eyes, dear as the ruddy drops that warm my heart, ye died amidst your dying country's cries. No more I weep, they do not sleep, on yonder cliffs a greasly band, I see them sit, they linger yet, avengers of their native land. With me in dreadful harmony they join, and weave with bloody hands the tissue of thy line. Weave the warp and weave the woof, the winding sheet of Edward's race. Give ample room and verge enough the characters of hell to trace. Mark the year and mark the night when Severn shall re-echo with affright the shrieks of death through Berkeley's roofs that ring, shrieks of an agonizing king. She-wolf of France with unrelenting fangs that terraced the bowels of thy mangled mate, from thee be born, who o'er thy country hangs the scourge of heaven. What terrors round him wait! Amazement in his van with flight combined, and sorrow's faded form, and solitude behind. Mighty victor, mighty lord, low on his funeral couch he lies, no pitying heart, no eye, afford a tear to grace his obsequies. Is the sable warrior fled? Thy son is gone, he rests among the dead. The swarm that in thy noontide beam were born? Gone to salute the rising morn. Fair laughs the morn, and soft the zephyr blows, While proudly riding o'er the azure realm, In gallant trim the gilded vessel goes, Youth on the prow, and pleasure at the helm, Regardless of the sweeping whirlwind's sway, That hushed in grim repose, expects his evening prey. Fill high the sparkling bowl, the rich repast prepare, Reft of a crown, he yet may share the feast. Close by the regal chair, fell thirst and famine scowl a baleful smile upon their baffled guest. Heard ye the din of battle bray, lance to lance and horse to horse? Long years of havoc urge their destined course, and through the kindred squadrons mow their way. Ye towers of Julius, London's lasting shame, with many a foul and midnight murder fed, revere his consort's faith, his father's fame, and spare the meek usurper's holy head. Above, below, the rose of snow, twined with her blushing foe, we spread. The bristled boar in infant gore wallows beneath the thorny shade. 
Now, brothers, bending o'er the accursed loom, stamp we our vengeance deep and ratify his doom. Edward, lo, to sudden fate, weave we the woof, the thread is spun. Half of thy heart we consecrate. The web is wove, the work is done. Stay, oh, stay, nor thus forlorn, leave me unblessed, unpitied, here to mourn. In yon bright track that fires the western skies, they melt, they vanish from my eyes. But, oh, what solemn scenes on Snowdon's height, descending slow, their glittering skirts unroll? Visions of glory, spare my aching sight. Ye unborn ages, crowd not on my soul. No more our long-lost Arthur we bewail. All hail, ye genuine kings, Britannia's issue, hail. Girt with many a barren bold, sublime their starry fronts they rear, and gorgeous dames and statesmen old in bearded majesty appear. In the midst a form divine, her eye proclaims her of the Britain line, her lion port, her awe-commanding face, a tempered sweet to virgin grace. What strings symphonious tremble in the air, what strains of vocal transport round her play. Here from the grave, great Taliesin, here, they breathe a soul to animate thy clay. Bright rapture calls, and soaring as she sings, waves in the eye of heaven her many-colored wings. The verse adorn again, fierce war and faithful love, and truth severe by fairy fiction dressed. In buskined measures move pale grief and pleasing pain, with horror tyrant of the throbbing breast. A voice as of the cherub choir gales from blooming Eden bare, and distant warblings lessen on my ear that lost in long futurity expire. Fond impious man, thinkest thou, yon sanguine cloud raised by thy breath has quenched the orb of day? Tomorrow he repairs the golden flood and warms the nations with redoubled ray. Enough for me. With joy I see the different doom our fates assign, be thine despair and sceptred care, to triumph and to die are mine. He spoke, and headlong from the mountain's height, deep in the roaring tide, he plunged to endless night. Thomas Gray Song Where shall the lover rest, whom the fates sever from his true maiden's breast, parted forever? Where, through groves deep and high, sounds the fair billow, where early violets die under the willow. Elu Loro, soft shall be his pillow. There, through the summer day, cool streams are laving. There, while the tempests sway, scarce are boughs waving. There thy rest shalt thou take, parted forever, never again to wake. Never, O oh, never. Elu Loro. Never, O oh, never. Where shall the traitor rest? He the deceiver who could win maiden's breast, Ruin and leave her, in the lost battle, Borne down by the flying, Where mingles war's rattle with groans of the dying. Elu Loro, there shall he be lying. Her wings shall the eagle flap, or the false-hearted. His warm blood the wolf shall lap, ere life be parted. 
Shame and dishonor sit by his grave ever. Blessing shall hallow it, never, O oh, never. Elu loro, never, O oh, never. Sir Walter Scott Kinmont Willie O oh, have ye na heard of the false Sakeld? O oh, have ye na heard of the keen Lord Scroop? How they had tain bald Kinmont Willie on Haraby to hang him up? Had Willie had but twenty men, but twenty men as stout as he, Fausakeld had never the Kinmont tain with eight score in his company. They banned his legs beneath the steed, they tied his hands behind his back, they guarded him fivesome on each side and they brought him o'er the little rack. They let him throw the little rack, and also through the Carlisle sands. They brought him on to Carlisle Castle, to be at my lord Scroop's commands. My hands are tied, but my tongue is free, and wha will dare this deed avow, or answer by the border law, or answer to the bald Buccleuch? Now hold thy tongue, thou rank reaver, there's never a Scot shall set you free. Before ye cross my castle yate, I trow ye shall take farewell of me. Fear not ye that, my lord, quo Willie, by the faith of my body, Lord Scroop, he said, I never yet lodged in a hostelry, but I paid my loin before I gaed. Now word is gained to the bald keeper, in Branksome Ha where that he lay, that Lord Scroop has tain the Kinmont Willie between the hours of night and day. He has tain the table with his hand, he gared the red wine spring on high. Now Christ's curse on my head, he said, but avenged of Lord Scroop I'll be. Oh, is my bassinet a widow's kerch, or my lance a wand of the willow tree, or my arm a lady's lily hand, that an English lord should lightly me? And have they tain him, Kinmont Willie, against the truce of border tide, and forgotten that the bald Buccleuch is keeper here on the Scottish side. And have they entained him, Kinmont Willie, without an either dread or fear, and forgotten that the bald Buccleuch can back a steed or shake a spear? Oh, were there war between the lands, as well I wot that there is none, I would slight Carlisle Castle high, though it were builded of marble stone. I would set that castle in a low, and sloken it with English blood. There's never a man in Cumberland should ken where Carlisle Castle stood. But since nay wars between the lands, and there is peace and peace should be, I'll neither harm English lad or lass, and yet the Kinmont freed shall be. He has called him forty marchmen bold, I trow they were of his ain name, except Sir Gilbert Elliot called, the Laird of Stobbs, I mean the same. He has called him forty marchmen bold, were kinsmen to the bald Buccleuch, with spur on heel and splent on spald, with gloves of green and feathers blue. There were five and five before them all, with hunting horns and bugles bright, and five and five came with Buccleuch, like warden's men arrayed for fight. And five and five like a mason gang that carried the ladders lang and high, and five and five like broken men and so they reached the Woodhouse-lee. And as we crossed the baitable land, when to the English side we held, the first o' men that we met with, why should it be but false Sakeld? Where be ye gone, ye hunters keen? quoth false Sakeld. Come tell to me. 
we go to hunt an english stag has trespassed on the scots country where be ye gone ye martial men quoth fosakeld come tell me true we go to catch a rank reaver has broken faith with the bald buccleuch where are ye gone ye mason lads with all your ladders lang and high we gang to harry a corby's nest that wands not far fra woodhouse lee where be ye gone ye broken men quoth falsa called come tell to me now dicky of dryhope led that man and the never a word or leer had he why trespass ye on the english side row-footed outlaws stand quoth he the never a word had dicky to say so he thrust the lance through the false body then on we held for carlisle town and at stanshaw bank the eden we crossed the water was great and mickle of spate but the niver a horse nor man we lost and when we reached the stanshaw bank the wind was rising loud and hay and there the laird gared leave our steed for fear that they should stamp and neigh and when we left the stanshaw bank the wind began full loud to blaw but twas wind and wheat and fire and sleet when we came beneath the castle wall we crept on knees and held our breath till we placed the ladders against the wall and say ready was buccleuch himself to mount the first before us all he has tamed the watchman by the throat he flung him down upon the lead had there been not peace between our lands upon the other side thou hast gaid now sound out trumpets quo buccleuch let's waken lord scroop right merrily then loud the warden's trumpet blew oh wha dare meddle with me then speedily to work we gaed and raised the slogan anne and all and cut a hole through a sheet of lead and so we went to the castle hall they thought king james and all his men had won the house with bow and spear it was but twenty scots and ten that put a thousand in sick a steer with coulters and with forehammers we gared the bars bang merrily until we came to the inner prison where willie kinmont he did lie and when we came to the lower prison where willie kinmont he did lie o sleep ye wake ye kinmont willie upon the morn that thou's to die oh i sleep soft and i sleep aft its langs its sleeping was flayed from me give my service back to my wife and bairns and a good fellow's that spear for me then red rowan has hent him up the starkest man in teviotdale abide abide now red rowan till of my lord scroop i take farewell 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 my good lord scroop my good lord scroop farewell he cried i'll pay you for my lodging mail when first we meet on the border side then shoulder high with shout and cry we bore him down the ladder lang and every stride red rowan made i wot the kinmont's errands played clang o money a time quoth kinmont willie i have ridden horse baith wild and wood but a rougher beast than red rowan i ween my legs am ne'er bestrode and many a time quoth kinmont willie i've pricked a horse out o'er the firs but since the day i backed a steed i never wore sic cumbrous spurs we scarce had won the stainshaw bank when all the carlisle bells were rung and a thousand men in horse and foot came with the keen lord scroop along but clue has turned to eden water even where it flowed from bank to brim and he has plunged in with all his band and safely swam them through the stream he turned him on the other side 
and at lord scroop his glove flung he if ye like na my visit in merry england in fair scotland come visit me all sore astonished stood lord scroop he stood as still as rock of stain he scarcely dared to true his eyes when throw the water they had gain he is either himself a devil for hell or else his mother a witch mon be i wonder had ridden that wan water for all the gold in christenty minstrelsy of the scottish border the last man all worldly shapes shall melt in gloom the sun himself must die before this mortal shall assume its immortality i saw a vision in my sleep that gave my spirit strength to sweep adown the gulf of time i saw the last of human mould that shall creation's death behold as adam saw her prime the sun's eye had a sickly glare the earth with age was wan the skeletons of nations were around that lonely man some had expired in fight the brands still rested in their bony hands in plague and famine some earth's cities had no sound nor tread and ships were drifting with the dead to shores where all was dumb yet prophet-like that lone one stood with dauntless words and high that shook the sere-leaves from the wood as if a storm passed by saying we are twins in death proud son thy face is cold thy race is run tis mercy bids thee go for thou ten thousand thousand years hast seen the tide of human tears that shall no longer flow what though beneath thee man put forth his pomp his pride his skill and arts that made fire flood and earth the vassals of his will yet mourn i not thy parted sway thou dim discrowned king of day for all those trophied arts and triumphs that beneath thee sprang healed not a passion or a pang entailed on human hearts go let oblivion's curtain fall upon the stage of men nor with thy rising beams recall life's tragedy again its piteous pageants bring not back nor waken flesh upon the rack of pain anew to writhe stretched in diseases shapes abhorred or moan in battle by the sword like grass beneath the scythe e'en i am weary in yon skies to watch thy fading fire test of all sumless agonies behold not me expire my lips that speak thy dirge of death their rounded gasp and gurgling breath to see thou shalt not boast the eclipse of nature spreads my pall the majesty of darkness shall receive my parting ghost this spirit shall return to him that gave its heavenly spark yet think not son it shall be dim when thou thyself art dark no it shall live again and shine in bliss unknown to beams of thine by him recalled to breath who captive led captivity who robbed the grave of victory and took the sting from death go son while mercy holds me up on nature's 
awful waste to drink this last and bitter cup of grief that man shall taste. Go tell the night that hides thy face thou sawest the last of Adam's race on earth's sepulchral clod. The darkening universe defy to quench his immortality or shake his trust in God. By Thomas Campbell End of section 11 of The Blue Poetry Book Edited by Andrew Lang